<laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 832 podcast. Today, we're starting our series of apologetics with Pastor Nathan Nielsen from Legacy Church Marietta Campus. And today, we're going to be talking about um, the claim that an all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God can't exist if evil and suffering exist as well. So, yeah. So, nice to have you here on the podcast today, Pastor Nate. Yeah. We like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like talking to you. It's so, good to be here. Thanks for asking. Um, so, I want to open up because I, I sent you an email you know, and I want to just talk about at first, like the, you know, talking about the claim God can't exist if evil and suffering exist also. Like what's your, if someone said that to you, what's your initial response? Well, I think that's probably one of the biggest questions, maybe even the biggest dilemma uh, that we as believers in God and in Christ, God had the Holy Spirit that we have to answer. Um, in fact, there's a word that's even given to this problem. It's called theodicy, and uh, spelled T-H-E-O-D-I-C-Y. And theodicy is the, the attempt or the study of trying to solve this dilemma between uh, God being good and evil existing, simultaneously or in the same world as we know it on earth. And so I think uh, one of my initial comments to people is, is that um, God uh, does not, there isn't anything about God that is evil. Uh, and so therefore nothing that is evil uh, is enjoyed by God. Uh, evil does exist and its initial entrance was, through the serpent's temptation in the garden. Up until then, evil did not exist, um, except, I believe, except in the form of Satan, who was expelled from heaven because of his selfishness and desire for self-aggrandization and uh, his uh, own sin of wanting worship, wanting part of the worship that God is only due to God. That God uh, could not accept that. And so evil entered into the world through the temptation in the garden, through Satan, serpent, and uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, they failed. And at that point, that's when evil entered the world. And, you know, I actually found a quote uh, by a guy that um, is a consultant and a writer, uh, has both Protestant and Catholic background. And I found this quote and I wanted to read it because uh, I, I think it, it kind of gets a an interesting, gives us an interesting perspective. His name is Dr. Douglas Beaumont. And, uh, uh, you know, in preparation for the holiday, I kind of checked out a couple of things. And, and I really love that um, evil, uh, and some of the things that I found is that evil is really the absence of good. Um, you know, God is only good, so he is not evil in any way. He himself, as, a, as the entity, uh, neither was Christ while he walked the earth or or the Holy Spirit, of course. It, he, they only are directors of us to good, and that which is good for us. But uh, Dr. Beaumont says this, that God creates evil in a way that a donut maker creates a hole. Okay? 
if you think about that, how is a whole created? Well, it's by giving a non-existing thing existence. So does that hole that's in a donut exist before you actually make the donut? No, no. You make the so donut. by by creating a substance whose absence is named. That's how you know. Since God is only good, evil exists because anything that is contrary to good is is then evil or defined as we know as evil. So evil probably does not does not, is, cannot be claimed that, uh, it cannot be claimed really that God created it. Evil entered the world uh, through Satan and because God created us with free will, and I know you mentioned that earlier uh, in some of the questions we're gonna talk about today, because of free will, we make choices that direct us either toward God, who is good, mm -hmm. or we make decisions to uh, direct us toward evil. So I think the thing that I would tell people right off the bat is yes, evil exists. Uh, God exists, but just because evil exists does not mean that God is not present. It's just that evil is not present in God. Uh, you know, one of the biggest evidences of that is when Christ took upon himself all of our sins, the sin of the world when he was on the cross. Mm -hmm. At one of his seven phrases that he uttered on the cross was, um, uh, you know, he's he was forsaken. Why? Why, oh, why have you forsaken me, God? And so at the point where he took sin on a perfect being, he became sin on our behalf. At that point, God could not look upon his son because his son was an evil. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you talked a little bit earlier about like, um, you know, how, how God, God created, like he creates evil like a donut maker makes a donut hole. And that made me think of a, a, a quote I, I read I read a little bit for a uh, case for faith before this to brush up mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, Lee Strobel. Yes. And, um what one thing I remember reading there was like someone asking, it's like if there is a God, why is there so much evil? And mm -hmm. um like since if there isn't a God, why is there so much good? You know, the how there's both of that. You know, it's like there is good in the world and there is evil in the world. And, you know, it's like if there is a God, um, how is there so much? Like, how is there good in the world? Or if sorry, if there isn't a God, how is there still good in the world and all that? That, that just brought that to my attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in evil, when we think about evil, what is evil? Um, you know, there's there's a couple different categories of evil. One is moral evil, where evil that is committed from one human being to another or a group of human beings to another group, that evil exists there. But then there's also natural evil that people kind of term, well, why are there tsunamis, earthquakes? You know, why is COVID-19? Why is this pandemic sweeping and causing so much heartache and chaos? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's moral evil, evil that, you know, we commit against each other uh, and, and of course against God and uh, gets his moral principles his, and then the natural evil. And so, you know, natural evil, I think occurs. Uh, my, my thought is God allows evil to happen. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily create it. He allows it. Mm -hmm. There is one verse in the Bible uh, that talks about that God creates these things and he creates uh, 
woe, or some people translate that as meaning evil. Um, but God in and of itself, his nature is not evil, so evil does not exist in him. I think what is really, what as Christians we need to realize that God is the only answer to evil if we wish to be good, because right. none of us are good. Right, and you, you talked about, um, right, because God's the only answer to evil and stuff, and he's the only one that can make good out of evil you yeah. talked a little bit about uh moral evil evil done uh human on human um and like the the story of joseph you know where his brothers uh sell him into slavery and stuff that was a moral evil from his brothers but god if god hadn't allowed that to happen he wouldn't have been joseph wouldn't have been able to become second of in command of egypt therefore saving egypt and his brothers so you know understanding that god is the only one with the power to make good come out of evil situations or out of evil acts he can and all we um i read about this and they touch about this also in in case for faith um the the disciples did not think any good can come out of the crucifixion you know when that happened it was like the greatest evil that had happened um but out of that came the greatest good. You know, through Christ's crucifixion, we are now able to have a relationship with God in heaven. And he, you know, tore the veil for us. So being able to fully understand that, the um, fact that yeah. God is yeah. the only answer. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, this was actually prophesied in, in Isaiah 53. And in anticipation of this being brought up, I actually grabbed this the scripture in, in, in my Bible that, uh, you know, Jesus was despised and rejected a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care yet. It was our weakness he carried and it was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, beaten so we could be whole, and whipped so we could be healed. Right. So as you're saying, you know, the price is paid on the cross by Christ. It wasn't a punishment for his sin because he didn't, he had no sin, but it was a punishment for ours. Right. And talking about the great grace of God and how he is, the, mm -hmm. again, he's the only answer to evil. Um, right. And like we said, that, that adds to the, um, he maintains free will for humans. That's how we, that's how evil came about you know, through human actions and human decisions and being tempted by the serpent, Satan, and going into a downward spiral from there, Yeah. you know? And then, you know, like we talked about with Joseph, it was his brother's choice to sell, sell him into slavery. And, you know, God, because he allows free will, he creates the opportunity for evil but humans actualize it. So I, I you know, that, and one of the things um, I emailed you about was talking about um, the importance of free will and understanding that and, um, and like, you know, why, why does God allow us to suffer? And I think these two questions end up being intertwined because yeah. um, God allows us to suffer 
and he loves us. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about free will, that's another probably one of the greatest debates, all the things that surround free will. And there's a lot of, a lot of other subjects that free will could lead us to. But in the relationship to free will and, and evil and doing good, um, you said something at the beginning about that there is good in the world. And if you look at it from an atheist point of view, where you know God doesn't exist, there's just good and there's evil. Uh, and God has nothing to do with anything because he doesn't exist. Um, I, you know, we will always resort to evil. I don't know anybody that is not uh, until, until Christ becomes part of their life. And we learn that only through his power, the good power of the Holy Spirit, can we be consistently good. Can we do good? We're still going to fall. And we're still going to do evil things because uh, that was our default. And so when it comes to free will, the one thing that we don't have free will over is uh, because of Adam and Eve, we don't have a choice but to be sinners. Right. Yes. Now, the free will comes in where we decide whether or not we want to follow Christ or not. I mean, that's, it's, it's very simple. Uh, whether we want to listen to God, whether we want to believe in God, have faith in all of this. And, but we don't have any choice to be sinful. And no one has no one has ever lived that didn't have sin. And most people admit it, that they have selfishness. They do things they don't want to do. They say things they don't want to say. Yeah. And there is a conscience that God has put in us. But we don't have a choice. We're sinners. I mean, if you believe the Bible, that because of Adam, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the free will comes in whether we want to accept God, allow his, accept Christ, and allow his power to be released in us. So when you, when you ask the question about free will in your, in your email, um, it says the importance of free will in God's love. Yeah. Well, I would say this, that our free will has nothing to do with God's love or the presence of it. The presence of his love work, working in us has to do with our free will. But God loved us while we were still sinners. Right. The Bible God, says, God loves us whether we choose him or not. Right, whether we choose him or not. In fact, the Bible says God demonstrated his love while we were still sinners mm -hmm. by sending Christ. So his love is constant. He, his love exists for mankind, his creation. It exists for us whether we want to choose to accept it. So again, that's another thing in, in my humble opinion that does not involve our free will. The fact that we sin and the fact that God loves us. Right. We don't have we don't have the will or the ability or the the bandwidth as human beings to uh, either not have or have either one of those without divine intervention. Right. We well, sin and God loves us. Those are a fact, in my opinion. Right. And um I, I agree. When I asked the question, I was one I was um curious about us talking about um the importance of us being able to choose God and how sure. um, for us to have a, le a legitimate and genuine and significant relationship with God, we have to be truly able to choose him. Right. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and that's why we have free will because, and that's why there's an opportunity, just like there's an opportunity to love God and to choose to be with him, there's also the opportunity to do evil and how we actualize that. 
that yeah. potential. Well, and I think the other thing is we get so we get so uptight as human beings about the here and now that I don't think I don't I don't think we should fixate or dwell uh, on eternity, but it should be in the back of our mind at all times. That's the hope that we have is eternal life through Christ. That someday, and, and in Revelation twenty one four it says, "He'll wipe every tear from our eye." There will come a day when there's no pain, and so. There will be an absence of evil uh, when we come into the presence of Christ. Because as we understand God, if his true nature is good, um, he's also judgmental and has to pass judgment on that which is evil. And if it's not covered by the blood of Christ, then we'll pay the price. However, when we see Christ, the evil will be and come into the presence of God and, and so forth in heaven. Evil will be done away with because no evil can exist in God's presence. Because right. he is the fullness of, of that. Right. Well, you said just a second ago about um, how we get really uptight about the here and now. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, that, that's something I severely struggle with, um, like a lot. Um, in fact, yesterday, uh, I, had a, I had a rough day yesterday because um, I got a message saying that school wasn't going to be starting in person until further notice. Right. So it was right. still gonna be um, um, online. And because of that, you know, there's a lot of other things rolled up with that because band isn't starting till, like marching band isn't starting till further notice. And then because um, school isn't starting like normal, it's highly unlikely that we, like our church can start truly normal. Right. And that's where my head goes, and that that puts ramifications in a lot of relationships for me. You know, the people I want to talk to and stuff, it's like I can't talk to as often, or I can't see them in person as often. And, you know, that puts a lot of ramifications. And honestly, yesterday, I was on my porch, and I was like, why, God? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I thought it was, you know, after I got over myself a little bit, I, I realized... Um, you know, isn't it fitting that I'm actually having a bit of a rough day before we're supposed to talk about suffering and evil? And it's like, and one of the things I'd been reading was, like we said, um, God can make good out of any evil. And um, like we've said several other times on the podcast, we've said, you know, that or maybe not several other times, but we have said... Um, you know, we need to be able to trust God to fix our problems in life and to trust in him that everything will be taken care of. Yeah. Um, and that's difficult, not because God can't be trusted, but because we're not willing to. Yeah. And that, that's, that was in my head. I was like, God, why? Why, why, why is this happening? Because everything felt like it was being taken away. All the things I was looking forward to, you know, it was like it was being taken away. And why is this, you know, um, like force still doing this to me you know so yeah I, I empathize with that whole opening up because you know nothing a pastor <laughs> you know i've been doing this for over 40 years a pastor wants nothing more than to meet together with his people right. whether it be Sunday morning worship or bible studies or youth groups or you know, children's activities. Oh, I mean, we're, we eat, live and breathe with 
camaraderie with uh, building one another up. That's what the, you know, what the church is all about, being a family. And uh, I mean, we, every week we spend a couple of hours on a Zoom call as staff and uh, a couple times a month with our elders, just trying to figure out how can we bring people together. Right. And we're really, we're really hamstrung as well. So that wasn't a good thing for me either. You know, because we may be put back if there if the rise continues, we may be put back into a situation where we won't even, you know, be meeting live at all. And right now we're meeting, you know, we're at least able to have up to a hundred people. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, Marietta and at least that many more or more up in Canton. And so there is an opportunity to get together, but we still have masks, we still have mm-hmm. you know, social distancing and all that. And if you look at that as as evil, and something you said too, and, and I know exactly what you mean. But I think it's important maybe for those who might see this podcast who are really struggling with with how can uh, good and evil coexist. And, you know, when we think about the scripture that says, and God will cause all things to work for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He won't make good out of evil for those who are who don't love him. Right. And don't and aren't called according to his purpose, there's a stipulation there. I'm not saying he won't. It's that he normally doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes good comes out of evil because people just work on it and they try to rectify things. And, you know, we have that, uh, you know, that old filial love, which is brotherly love. We have compassion for somebody be, that's in trouble. And people who aren't believers in Christ can have lots of compassion and do lots of good things. Um, and so it's not right to say just because you don't have Christ, that people can't do good or can't be good. The problem is it doesn't have eternal ramifications if you believe the Bible. You can be good and do tons of good things and morally pure even and all of that. But if you don't have Christ, you don't have the promise of eternal life. That's that's the basis of Christianity and, yeah. and you know the group that we identify with. But good, when, when we say that God turns evil into good i think it's kind of we have to be careful how you and i you all and i know what we mean by that but evil will always be evil it will never be good right like that act of joseph being sold into slavery that was evil Evil. yeah but out of that action because of the ramifications of that action god was able to make good out of the evil from that even though that happened yeah so i suppose it might help others to hear God can make good even though evil. Mm-hmm. Right. So even you, though this bad thing happened, good can come out of it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, here back several months ago, before even the COVID and, and all the civil unrest and everything was occurring, uh, there was a situation, and I think it was Texas. I, I just read a short article where a lady in the courtroom uh, at a murder trial where the, the suspect had murdered her relative, a brother or a son or somebody, and she reached out to that, the suspect, and, and hugged and embraced that person and forgave him and wished him a blessings of God. You know, you think about she would have never, and maybe a turning point for that person to where they might have believed in Christ as their own Savior, that might not ever have occurred for that person. He might, you know, and if he believes and it is in, in heaven, uh, you know, when he dies and he has eternal life, it came about because of something that he did that was evil. You know, I don't know the whole story, but let's just say that that's what happened. Right. Yeah. I've heard a similar story and we've covered that. Yeah. A little bit. yeah and I mean that yeah. for that person to be, 
to love God and to love that person so much they could overlook that atrocity done to their family member, be able to forgive and wish them eternal life and be a witness. What an incredible witness. So that's how good can exist in the presence of evil. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible stuff. To me, that's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, now, the natural evil, and when, when, when you know, I, I preached on this a few years ago, that when tsunamis and, and when this, you know, we can, only, we can only sit back and say, look at the incredible power of God. You know, instead of saying, well, look at all the destruction and the loss of life, um, the natural evil, why did that occur? Um, you know, we don't have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. But we do know that God is, is powerful. And uh, when I would ask my mom extremely difficult, unanswerable questions growing up, she had a phrase she would use. And because we're humans and we're not God, she would say, ours is not to know. In other words, there are no answers, son. God has intended to, for us not to be able to answer them. Right. And I think the most difficult thing for anyone in a, in a life of faith is to not know 100% the answer. Right. And I think that pretty, that sums up a lot. Like one big thing to understand while also talking about apologetics is you're never going to get all the answers. God gives you yeah. enough answers for you to feel validated mm -hmm. and stuff, but not enough for, because knowledge isn't faith. If you know something, you don't right. need to have faith that it's going to happen. Right. So he, there's, um, that's an important thing to understand when talking about one evil and suffering as well as the whole thing of apologetics is um, that you, we're never going to know all the answers. There's, there's not a hard objective fact necessarily that is like, yes, God does definitely exist, you know. It's enough for us to be like, it's likely, and I believe it, um, but not enough to be like, yes, this microphone, it is silver and black. You know, that is an objective fact. Uh, we don't necessarily have that um, for the existence of God, but we have enough to be like, I think it's likely, and I believe it is true. Yeah. Well, and, and the whole plan by which God reconciles us back to him, when we messed up the garden thing and we sin, we listen to the serpent and we sin, and so now all sin, uh, how he did it makes is difficult for the completely logical mind. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So here's the, here's the deal. Faith is believing in something you haven't seen. I mean, you look at Doubting Thomas. He didn't believe that Christ you know, had really been crucified and was raised again. Well, I believe he was crucified, but he didn't believe he had been raised from the dead. And he said, I'm not going to believe it until I put my hand, until I feel his wounds and see, see his wounds in his hands and feet. And then, then when he did find it, you know, then he exclaimed, my Lord and my God. So some people need that proof. Um, but here's the thing that, that to complete the illogical plan of God from a purely deductive reasoning standpoint, Someone might be willing, the Bible says, to die for a good man. Let's say there's a super good man. Let's say, you know, the, you know, I mean, Billy Graham, you know, he was, he sinned too. He had his problems too. I mean, he, but I, he's one of my, he's one of my idols. 
from a standpoint of a spiritual figure for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just stayed true to preaching the gospel. Uh, you know, would I be willing to give my life for Billy Graham? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. When the push came to shove, maybe. Of course, he's gone on to be with Jesus now. But, but you know, the Bible says, hey, you might be willing to give your life for a good man. But for someone that's full of sin, why would we want to die for somebody like that? Why would I want to die for a, for a murderer of his family, for instance, or uh, an abuser of children, or some things that are just to us atrocious, atrocities? Right. Uh, doesn't make any sense. So if all of sin and we all have our righteousness is like filthy rags, according to the Bible, the good things we do doesn't mean anything until we know Christ and he can use them. Why would Christ want to die? Why would God want to send his son to die for evil people? The Bible says that makes no sense. Yet, that's how God, that's what God did. And so good had to come to combat evil or we would have no hope. Mm -hmm. And hope does not disappoint, the Bible says. Right. Hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't have any hope. Well, that's what you were experiencing yesterday, even. Right. You know, I, I, was you I was the hope. My hope is now deferred. You know, the the marching band season. I'm I I, I was a marching band guy, so I totally get it. I, I love music. I loved instruments. Well, it's pretty hard to have a band virtually. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I was actually, since we were talking about hope and stuff, I I was texting my friend Jacob. <laughs> Because uh, I needed somebody to talk to, you know. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I'm in a rough spot, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I literally told him I'm feeling insecure and hopeless right now. Yeah. And you know that, of course, like uh, we all go through our times, we all go through our doubts, and ask why God. And it's important to feel those emotions and get them out of the way, so that you can clear up your head and stuff. Like let them out so that they don't sit and fester. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was having a rough day and I was feeling hopeless. And um, what one thing that um, I really liked, I really liked the book Case for Faith because apologetics and stuff. Um, one thing that they were talking about with the problem of um, good and evil is um, saying that, you know, the difference between God and us um and and like intelligence and all that wisdom wise um is as infinite as more infinite than between us and a bear you know so they use the example of a a hunter um being trapped in a bear uh, no a hunter finding a bear stuck in a bear trap and to and he took pity on him so the hunter is has to push the bear deeper into the trap so that the spring will come loose and then the bear can be free. But the bear's like, no, that hurts way worse than what I'm going through right now. How can this be better? And so in this situation, I was the bear. It was like, how can this be any better? How can any good come of this? And um, understanding that thinking that we can, (laughs) thinking that we can do better than God is very arrogant. Yeah. And like uh, um, saying, you know, if I were God, I wouldn't let this happen. Right. You know, and a thought exercise they encouraged in case for faith is, okay, make all the edits 
all the audits that you want to the world and think through the consequences of those. You know, so think about what would you do if you were God? And now think about all of the repercussions to that. When you describe utopia, um, when you go through all the re repercussions and stuff, it, it does not become a utopia anymore. Right. You know, so, and, and that's, you know, when we start thinking that we can do better than God, that's, that's an issue. <laughs> so yeah. understanding that, you know, God understands more than we do and having faith in that. And that all goes back to what we said all along, where God's the only one that can make good, even though evil. evil. Yeah. Well, and you talk about utopia. I mean, the only utopian situation was the garden before it's in. Mm -hmm. And that'll never happen again. Right, because that was broken by humans. If we tried making another utopia, we would still break it because we're humans. Yep. So, yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Robbie, what are your thoughts? What What would you like to add to, to this? Um. Well, I I don't really know what to say, to be honest. Hey, we all talk so fast. Robbie didn't get a chance to. It's like, so I mean, I have some Bible verses, I guess I could say, but all right, cool. well, let's talk about those. Huh? I so dig it. I have first Peter, uh, three, uh, 15 to 16, but in your hearts, Revere. Revere Christ as your Lord or as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for hope that you have. But this, hold on, sorry. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keep it, keeping a clear conscious conscious so that those who speak say that wrong, <laughs> maliciously against you your good behavior in christ may be ashamed of their slander, slander. so mm. right ta talking about why you know yeah. why we have hope. why we have hope yeah so indeed so what, what else do you want to say about that verse about you know, about having hope and telling people why you well, have hope. Basically, um, okay. Well, <laughs> well, what do you think, Nate? What, what, what do you? Yeah. What, what's your response to to that verse? Uh, yeah, I mean, give. <laughs> hope like i said earlier the hope of eternal life the hope of of someday good triumphing over evil when we see christ that's that's the hope that we have and uh, you know I, I think we need to remember that that evil will be done away with entirely at the end of time uh, but until then it's all always going to be a challenge so 
when it says always give a reason, you know, for your faith, always be able to be ready with an answer. I, I would simply say, because I believe in Christ, because I believe in eternal life, because I believe that in him is good. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my striving will always be to show him. If I show myself, it's going to have evil in it. If I show Christ and if I can live as Christ said to live, love my enemies, do good to those who persecute me. That's, that's totally uh, anti what's going on. Everything is retaliation, justification. I want what I want. And what I want is what I want. And that's what I'm going to go after. Uh, that doesn't have any evidence of Christ in it. Right. So the reason for my faith, the reason I walk the way I walk, is because I want to please the one who, gave, who gives me hope. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody, if somebody saves your life, are you not going to be grateful to them and want to do something for them the rest of your life? Right. If they right. have only ever loved you, or you do, and you want to have a relationship with them, are you really going to seek out to hurt them? Mm -hmm. Like putting it in this, like in like more human terms, you know, if yeah. someone has only ever shown you love and has always been really kind and gracious and like forgiving and understanding to you, if you know something's going to hurt them, are you really going to seek out to do it? Well, and I think, you know, you're, bring, you're bringing up a really good point about evil. Until we see Christ, until our life on earth is ended and our address changes, you know, we really, we really have eternal life now. It's not like we die and cease to exist. As soon as we take our last breath, we're in the presence of God. Uh, just like the thief on the cross when he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, hey, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So, you know, I, I guess we will continually do evil. You know, Paul said, why do I say the things I don't want to say? Why do I do the things I don't want to do? It's because of the wretched man that I am. It's because of that spirit that tries to conquer my new creation in Christ. I mean, I think about, I think about my marriage. I've been married, uh, my anniversary is the end of this month, be 42 years. You know, I love Tammy more than I love any other human being on this earth. But I still hurt her. I still disappoint her. I still... I still do things that, that are painful to her. Why would I do that? I mean, she is the most important person in my life. Yet, same with Christ. Every time we sin, we hurt him. It, the, the Bible says that we, we um, grieve the heart of God mm -hmm. when, we, when we allow evil to enter our lives and to, and to do its thing. So the minute you hate someone, the minute you covet someone, the minute you mean wish harm on someone or you sin against your body or against someone else, you hurt God. Why? Because evil exists, because sin exists in this world. And we, we cannot conquer that on our own. It's only through Christ. Right. And w w this has been a theme throughout our podcast. Um, like it's, it's like, it's almost been said every time where, um, you've got problems, but you can overcome that with, with Christ right. and we can overcome the evil in the world through the good that is Christ. Mm -hmm. That's how we can, you know, circle it all back together. <laughs> connected. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Awesome. Even though it's hard as I, I mean, sorry, not even though it is hard because if it were easy, everyone would do it. 
you know. Same thing with faith. If faith was easy, everyone would have faith because faith pleases God and we would have contentment. But because people can't intellectually wrestle with the concept of faith, they automatically assume that it's a weakness. Right. To me, the strongest person in the world is the one with the strongest faith. Right. So how strong is it to be able to pattern your life after something you can't see? Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. Good stuff, you guys. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for coming Thanks on. For coming on, yeah. We all, I, I, I definitely like uh, having you on the podcast. It's, yes. It's always, a, it's always a good time. So. Indeed, sir. And with that, stay I think free we, from COVID, fellas. Yes, that's that's the plan. We hope not to die. Yes, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but yeah, with with all that um, talking about like God can't exist if evil and suffering do. Also, it's like no, that's not true because God is able. God is above all of this, and He's able. He's more powerful and more wise and more intelligent than all than we are. Right. So the evil that is in the world even though that exists god can use that to uh, create good and we need to trust him in that and evil is around because we have free will and we're able to choose to love god or to not love god um and that's why god allows us to suffer because we you know when we suffer we can either I, I I was in Toastmasters one time, or you know our, our church's little you know um, public speaking club, and one, one someone once said you can suffer with God or you can suffer without God. Right. Hmm. I think that's one, one one last thing before we go is talking about why God allows us to suffer and screw tape. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this a bit in the Screw Tape Letters, where it's like God relies more on the troughs of the valleys of life than the peaks mm -hmm. um so that people can grow closer to him like um oh what one thing like just human relationships shared conflict or not conflict shared struggle helps um people grow closer together you know the people i'm closest to are the ones that i've gone through the most trouble with you know uh marching band uh working out with my dad and stuff you know having intellectual you know, struggles and, and all that. So yes, indeed. what else would you add to that, Pastor Nate? I think I've said more than enough. <laughs> I think that it's, uh, it, it is a, it is the dilemma of the ages, uh, understanding evil and good and their, their ability to be present in the same world. Uh, but hopefully we've, we've, talked about some basic tenets of the belief, basic mm -hmm. platforms, planks in that platform. And, you know, obviously it's always up to the listener uh, and every individual, how they want to handle what's taught in the word of God, what's taught about God in Christ. Mm -hmm. so, there is one thing that I think uh, probably um, I'd like to say is a lot of people think that they unknowingly do evil. I don't know about that. I really think people know when they're doing wrong. Yeah. There is some kind of an inkling, some kind of a thing. 
where they either, if it involves another person, you see the reaction of another person, the hurt, the pain that you've caused or the expression on their face, or right before you get ready to do something you know you shouldn't do, mm-hmm. or you neglect not to do something you know you should do. I think people know. Right, I mean, I like the, so. um, the um, one thing with this argument is like, you say there's wrong in the world. How do you know what, what you can only know what wrong is if you know what good is, you know? Right. One only knows uh, a line is crooked when they've seen a straight one. Right. Um, I think C.S. Lewis talked about that too. Yeah. So, you know, we all, I, how I understand what you're saying is like, we all understand what good, right and wrong is. Like once we, you know, now when we grow up and all that. And so we all understand, we can, we all know that what we're doing probably isn't right. <laughs> because again, because God exists, because, um, because since we believe there is a moral law, there has to be a moral law giver. And Ravi Zacharias talked a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah, the world's lost a great intellect and apologist uh, with the passing of Ravi, but he left some huge truths and marks uh, mm-hmm. in the world. So definitely thank God for his life, for sure. So anyway, yeah, I, I think, you know, first, well, I didn't know that was evil. I didn't know that was wrong. Uh, I, you know, I think that's. It's like, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like having an excuse of not knowing God. If you look at Romans chapter one, it says, you know, you can look at the sky and you you can know and realize that there's a God. You can have a knowledge, even without any understanding of Jesus Christ or anything. You you there is a a knowledge that we have of seeking after that we have of God. Mm-hmm. Why do you think atheists work so terribly hard to disprove him? What, why worry about it? Why even worry about the debate? Why even debate with a believer in God if he doesn't exist? What? Why would you waste your time? Right. Like uh, pa- Pastor Brent talks about this a bit where he's like, you know, if I don't believe in something, I don't talk about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> what bother? It doesn't yeah. exist. It's not a problem. Or it's not, not, a, not something that's going to conflict with my worldview. Or I have, yeah, I have some friends that are atheists and why is it every time they get around me, they have to make some kind of a point about my belief? Why even talk about something? Why don't we just talk about the Braves or, right. you know, or the new SUV or the whatever? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed our discussion about uh, the problem of good and evil in the world and um, how God fits into that and how God yes. has control and how we need to have faith in that. And, to end our episode, would you mind praying us out, Pastor Nate? Oh, yeah. oh, that'd, that'd be great. God, we thank you that you loved us even though we were not good. Because of Adam and Eve's goof up in the garden, we all became sinners. And we don't have a choice in that. But we do have a choice to accept you and to accept the good and fantastic gift of eternal life. And so, Father, while we walk this way, May we glorify and honor you by by seeking to do good through the power of Christ in our lives, through the hope that he gives us of eternal life, through listening to the Holy Spirit, through studying your word that will always direct us toward what is good. And then when we're not good, Lord, would you forgive us and would you help us? And would you work something out so that we can, in spite of ourselves, 
do something good for this world and to shine your light upon an evil time in, in this, uh, this time in our society. We, we pray for a blessing upon those who uh, are struggling. We pray for protection from the COVID. We pray for every person that is breathing, that they would find their worth and, and love from you in Christ's name. Amen. Hey. Blessings, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Thanks coming, for coming on, on the show. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Amen. Godspeed. You too. Bye.